Welcome to the Reimagining Work podcast uh, with John Wenger and hello. me. Hello, hello, John and Rocky Nord. Uh, this is episode thirty-seven. We had a little bit of a what is what's the word hiatus? Hiatus, yes. hiatus. Period of busyness. I think, oh yeah, actually. yeah. We've been busy. I think that's, you're fine. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. We've been busy. That's true, actually. And uh, yeah, then you have to have priorities and those kind of things. So, but we're back now, and um, oh, we got a really, really cool subject. Um, I think John and I were talking about Brexit, uh, something that anybody who would listen to this podcast podcast uh, uh, cannot have escaped your intention. And uh, we all know that it will have a major impact on uh, the lives of people in the UK, but also around the world. Uh, we don't know yet exactly what kind of consequences uh, it will have. Uh, people are saying, uh, coming up with really, really bad scenarios, but also less bad scenarios. Uh, point is, people need to deal with the fallout of that. Uh, what we are going to talk about, John and I, is called social trauma. Now, this is John's um, area of expertise. So, um, he's going to do most of the talking for this episode. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to do a lot of listening and here and there a question. Uh, um, is, it, is it good to start with? definition of social drama just like what is social drama so that we know what we're talking about yeah i'll I'll start with a brief one um just kind of kick off the we've, you've mentioned brexit but for people who are listening so you don't turn off this is not a brexit podcast no it's but not, brexit, it's not brexit, a political not a political uh episode or whatever we're not going to rant about uh, uh about the politics behind it and all those kind of things but it's Okay, well, it's, it's interesting you say this is not a political. Uh, I mean, I think one of the things for me about sociodrama is that it is a it is a way of working with politics. And when I think of politics, I think of decisions that get made that affect people's lives. That's kind of I, I see it quite broadly, not party politics or national politics or international, you know, um, the, the Russians versus the Americans politics. But anything that happens in our lives where a decision needs to get taken, I think, is a political one. So I think about this quite broadly. And sociodrama is a tool that we can use that helps people at the people level to work through decisions. But I, it, it occurred to me after the, um, the referendum, the Brexit, ref, the, the EU referendum in Britain, that there was a whole bunch of emotions that people were feeling. And sociodrama, I kind of I realized as a, as a group method for groups to examine and explore how they feel and how they think about an issue, any, any kind of shared issue, that it would be a really useful thing to kind of um, put into actions. So that's kind of a, a very broad definition of sociodrama. It's a way for a group to come together, to begin to form bonds with one another. Um, so you begin to form community, or people that are in the group begin to form community. They get to know each other. They start to share how they feel about an issue that they all have in common. And then from there, they start to have um, some sort of um, decision-making, perhaps, of what they would like to do about the problem that they face. Or they would just like to come to some deeper understanding about why this thing 
is happening in our society or in our community or in our world. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Right, so now I'm, I'm thinking that because uh, you're talking about a group of people. Uh, mm -hmm. How many people do you talk about? Is there like a ballpark figure, or there's, I assume there's a limit, a minimum and a maximum. The minimum I've ever done social drama with is, mm. I think five. Uh, the maximum. Whew, um, the maximum that I know, because there's a lot of sociodramatists in the world. The maximum that I've heard of is something maybe two hundred and fifty. Wow. Two hundred, two hundred and fifty. It can work with very large groups because the thing is, it's not a. It's it's a thing which is for the group itself. It's not a thing. It's not a, like it's not a teaching session. It's not a lecture session. It's it's very much an act, and the word drama is in it. So it's a it's a dramatic. It's a way of people enacting uh, a situation. And you can have as many people as you as as are interested in this um, topic attending the session. And, and um, the groups that you're talking about. I mean, because obviously we're more focused on on the work environment. Uh, with this mm. podcast, so uh, w we can talk about certain teams uh, within a certain department that have to work together. You can uh, have them work things out, or on yeah, a, a yeah, project absolutely. team, or a management team, and those kind of things. Absolutely. I mean, in in that hiatus that we've had, actually, one of the one of the groups I was working with, it was a it's a workplace uh, group, um, an organization, very large organization. I was working with one very large team, about 30 people. Um, and we did a sociodrama um, because one of the shared issues that they all had, of course, as you have in most organizations, people work in their little silo pieces and they are not aware of what's going on on the other mm -hmm. side of the building. And um, One of the shared things was just the intense um, uh, pressure and workload that they were all under. Um, and many of them, if we don't, if we don't stop and come together as a team or a group or a community, and and share some of these stories, we get a little bit too kind of um, focused on our little piece, and lose sight of what else is happening. And so we had we had a, a, a an enactment where we had um, in the center of the floor we had a small group of I got a small group of people to come and be represent the team. So I had four or five people maybe in the center who were the team. Right. And then, and then I just kept drawing out of the group. So what, what's one of the pressures that you have that, that exerts itself on you, one of the forces that is exerting itself on you as a team? And people were not backward at coming forward. They were saying, you know, the head office. So we had somebody. So who would represent somebody from head office? And I got them to come on the floor and place themselves in relationship to the team, like how far or close, how distant do they feel? Right. Or place them quite far away. They feel so distant from us. They're head office. They don't seem to know what's going on. Had somebody came and placed themselves to represent somebody at head office. And so what would they say that indicates the pressure that they exert, the stress that they exert? And they came up with something like, we need these reports and we need them quickly because we're being audited. So that was coming from the head office. And then we had um, the general public because it's a very public-facing organization. Yeah. So what sort of things do they say? So we got two people who volunteered to come and be the general public and said some of the things that the general public says about them. And then we had the media. And then we had um, other organizations that they work alongside. We had local governments. We had central government. We had a whole <laughs> bunch of people on the floor shouting out these messages that were all individually 
manageable, but as a collective, that was indicative of the pressure that they it's all faced. White noise, yeah. It was just white noise, and then it, as as we sort of slowly built up the the drama of all these different organizations and people on the floor, and then I gave them all a cue, and I said, now at the same time, simultaneously, you're going to shout out your your words to the team here in the center of the floor. And then we got the white noise. What happens is that you have a lived experience of this stuff and everybody in the room is sharing the lived experience. And so you've got some people who go, I didn't even know that you were facing that pressure mm-hmm. in your days of work. But when you get that, then people start to talk about how it feels. And when they talk about how it feels, then they start to go, oh, I thought I was the only one or I thought I was struggling on my own or I thought we were unique. I thought yeah, those exactly. guys on the other side of the building were doing okay. Exactly. When they realize that we're all you know, we all have, we have more in common in, in what, what we face in our work than what separates us. And then you've got a bunch of people who go, well, how can we deal with this? And then what happened after the drama was they became really mobilized and they came up with some really, um, I thought, really good decisions about how they were going to work a little bit smarter together. And because they had all been in the room to work this out and it was a response to the pressures that they all face, uh, the likelihood of these decisions or these action plans being put into place is much higher. Because they're all um, aware of it. They all, because they're all aware of it. They all get that, that different the manager, perspective. And... Absolutely, and they all had different perspectives. So they were taking up different roles. Yeah. And so you know, some people who were taking up the role of central government, when you take up the role of central government and then you, you kind of enact it and then you come back at the end of the drama and you go, wow, now I know why those people speak to us like this. Because you've put yourself in their shoes, mm-hmm. or um, you you hear from the general public why they say these things about you, and go, actually, yeah, I can understand why the public has a real problem with us, and why they get angry at us. Um, it makes it easier to relate to those people as well, because you've stood in their shoes for a bit. But it was interesting watching the manager, uh, who was mostly pretty quiet. You could see, Uh I could see over the, through the day, this sort of her face generally relaxing because she didn't have to be responsible for all the stuff that was going to be decided. It was the team doing all of this. She felt like the weight, a weight had been lifted and she, she made a comment that it was some of the stuff that came out surprised her, but she was glad because she'd felt that there was something going on, some dynamic within the team that was going on that she couldn't work out how to get, get out in the open. Because it's difficult. It's it's inherently difficult when you have a group of people that have a certain issue uh, to yeah. to work it out. Especially when you're you're talking to one individual and you're talking to another individual, and then you talk to another individual, and then yeah. as 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 another individual being, you have to put all those pieces together without any assistance, and then deal with it in some way, which is yeah terribly difficult. I mean, yeah, how would you do that? Yeah. So they, they, they managed, how would you do it exactly? And, and by the end of the day, they had worked out two, they had, they had sort of reworked two kind of quite significant processes in how they operate. Mm-hmm. That would have taken the management team ages to work through. Hey, or consultants, sent, external they, consultants. And, and, they get, and they send emails to everybody and they do, you know, they send email chains back and forth and how yeah. does this work for you? Yeah. But it was all decided in the room yeah. because they had all woken themselves up to the fact yeah. that we are all struggling with this. Yeah. How about if we all work together on this? It'll be done really, you know, crisply and efficiently and in a way that suits all of us rather than things being told to us. Yeah. Um, 
so social drama is a really good way for people to come together and not to criticize. I mean, there is usually a bit at the beginning where people need to get stuff off their chest because they're distressed or they're upset or they're angry. There's they're always a reason something. why. And, and usually yeah. by the time you get to a point where you, you seek out a solution like yeah. social drama or any other uh, therapeutic uh, yeah. uh, uh, tactic, yeah, uh, you've already reached the point where things are pretty heated. Yes, you know, yes. You, you don't do something like, yeah, I think in the future, like maybe two months from now, we're gonna have a problem with this. Let's deal with yeah. it now before it becomes a problem. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. <laughs> Unfortunately, because you could, mm. you know, deal with a lot of things beforehand. Yeah. But when things do arise, it's really easy for us humans to get stuck in feeling angry or sad or scared. And I think that's really yeah. what has come into focus for me after the EU referendum. The, this, the depth of feeling that people had here, when, and I think everyone was surprised that it turned out to be a leave vote. Um, the depth of feeling that people had of anger and, and, and fear, like what's going to happen, this mm -hmm. is all I've known. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be off on our own, how are we going to manage? Mm -hmm. um, anger at other people in the country who voted to leave, mm -hmm. I saw that. Um, and it's easy to get stuck in it. And I think in it, thinking even bigger than that, what else is going on in the world? This is not the time for us to get stuck and being fearful and no, sad. No, no, and crawl back into uh, to a, 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 uh, a state of immobilization where... Yes. Uh, it, it, we're not necessarily talking about people getting out on the streets and... And waving signs and protesting no. or, or starting a revolution or anything, although mm. it would be cool. But uh, we're talking about how an individual or a group of people, uh, a family, for instance, right, mm. uh -huh. um, can learn how to deal with these. Uh, well, for for a lot of people within the UK, there's going to be some life changing consequences uh -huh. to the whole thing uh -huh. and um, uh, or minorities uh -huh. uh, who now get a certain idea of what their neighbors are thinking uh -huh. uh, because they were allowed to speak their minds in a very uh -huh. explicit way uh -huh. and um, so it's you know moving from 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 one end of one FOA spectrum where you have an office where there's a team where there's a little bit of friction uh -huh. and you try to work that out to having real serious uh, social consequences and issues uh -huh. of people uh -huh. that need to deal with that. And if you, uh -huh. as an individual, don't deal with uh, all the stuff that's happening and 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 the brexit or the the, the 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 eu referendum is one thing obviously there's a lot more things happening and um if you don't give it a, a, a place in your life then it's going to rule you uh -huh. right it's going to take over your life and you're going to uh -huh. be uh, well there are going to be all sorts of consequences probably for the maybe depression or other things where uh, mm -hmm. If you don't talk about it, then it's going to have a very, very large impact on your life. So there's, it's better to deal with it in a way mm -hmm. than just to let it go or be afraid of uh, or uh, 
and, and trying to hide from it, mm -hmm. like an ostrich, like ostrich, uh, like stick your head in the sand. Well, it's uh, interesting that you mentioned depression just there. Like, I, I, I agree. Like, it, the, the, the received wisdom is that it's better to deal with the stuff and talk it through and get some help if you're suffering from depression or some mental unwellness. But there's still a stigma, so people don't. Mm -hmm. But there's still this message, talk about it. And it's interesting, just lately here in the UK, there's been a growing, um, uh, I guess there's a growing, not a, I don't even say it's got to a movement yet, but there is, there is an increased um, uh, sort of campaigning, I notice, on talking things through. You know, um, Prince Harry was on the news yesterday, um, hosting a thing for a bunch of uh, sports stars who were talking about their own periods of depression and how they struggled with it and how it's best to talk things through. And he was on camera saying, I really regret not talking about my mother's death for so many years. I just didn't talk about it. And it's nice to hear people who are public figures, you know, sports stars who are well respected role models, talking about some of the struggles that they've had and how it's better to talk things through. Mm -hmm. And that you stop feeling, if you, if you stop, you know, if you come out of the isolation of it, that's when the, 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 the healing or the changing, the getting to something better begins. Right, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a first step that you need to take. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it takes a lot of courage. Uh, I think from what I'm hearing from you is that when you do a social drama, um, experience, uh, mm. exercise is the word, mm. I think, mm. then um, you're not alone. Yes. Right? And you're being yeah. coached, you know, you're not throwing, you're not being thrown in, in the deep end. You mm. start at the shallow end. You, you take yeah, the, absolutely. The, the, the little ladder and you gently lower yourself into the water and then slowly you drift yeah. towards the deeper end of the pool. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of um, well, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I can imagine there's, there's a lot of people who feel that once they start talking about it, then everything has to come out or, you know, go to the core right immediately, and, uh, which is often very difficult to do and, um, you know, thrown in the deep end. And if you well, do... Absolutely. I mean, isn't that very point, I had that experience last week with a client. I mean, I, 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 I'm a big fan of titration. Are you, do you know what titration is? I do not. Chem, chemists. Chemists will know what titration is. You know, if you're in school, you're doing chemistry experiments, and you've got a, a jar of some liquid, and you've got uh, a jar of some other liquid, and you've got to put them together and see what chemical reaction they have. Well, you don't just dump the one jar into the other. You, take, you maybe take a pipette and you take drops and you slowly drop it in until yeah. the moment when the chemical reaction happens. So that's titration. You drop it slowly, drip, drip, until the reaction that you get begins to happen. Right. And I'm a big fan of, of titration in my work. Like right. social drama, like you say, it's, you're not thrown straight into the deep end. You've got the little ladder and you slowly descend into whatever the issue is. Right. You know, there's a big process of warm-up in social drama. Exactly. You, tit you titrate this because the minute that people get anxious they want to coil in on themselves. Yeah, exactly. They, 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 they draw back into anxious. themselves and they they, they, they they close up, they clamp up and, and, Absolutely. and, you, and you run the risk. Maybe you can open them up again. Uh, sometimes you won't be able to open them up again and then you know, you're done with the session. So it's yeah, better to prevent that take, from happening at all. 
yeah, and it doesn't, doesn't take, take many much. experiences. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, especially, I mean, again, I mean, taking one end of the spectrum where uh, you know you're, you're talking about a team within an office, and and it's more related to the the work environment and external pressures. Uh, it's much easier for people to start talking about that because it it's not oh, yeah. necessarily about them or their inner feelings or whatever. Uh, and then obviously you have maybe with family feuds or or, or things like that or, or shit stuff that mm-hmm. you deal with from uh, from a long time ago, then emotions are going to run much 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 higher mm-hmm. uh, up on all the way to. Uh, Incidents on 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 uh, um, a nation uh, level, mm. Uh, mm. which can rightfully actually really physically scare you, mm-hmm. uh, because it is scary. I mean, let's mm. face it. I mean, the news nowadays uh, it is scary. I mean, it mm. really is. I mean, it's not mm. something to be taken lightly. Although we try to rationalize it in one way or another, but it is scary, and mm. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's that's the thing that that concerns me the most. I mean, one of the the, the immediate in the immediate aftermath of the EU referendum was a lot of the ugliness that I saw. Actually, prior to it as well, the name calling. You know, I I can't believe that you would vote leave or remain or you're an idiot if you vote this way. And the comments that I saw on social media, and I've just cleaned a lot of my social media out because I don't want the ugliness. I don't think it takes us forward. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's easy to sit and criticize, but when you do that, you stay in your own little bubble. And then there was an interesting thing I read recently uh, about the the the, um, the nature of the digital world. It just in, reinforces that bubble. We just have these echo chambers which become more and more rigid, and we hear from more of the people that we agree with and that agree with us. And when an when a, when a when a an opinion or a point of view that's contrary tries to enter our consciousness, we reject it so utterly, mm-hmm. and that is being compounded by. You know the algorithm world yeah, where Google yeah. Google tells me what I want to look at, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, when we get some of these this information that doesn't conform to what the way we see the world, well, we get fearful, and you know, fear, anxiety are the opposite ends of the continuum for me, and the the other end of which is spontaneity. Mm-hmm. And social drama is about wakening up our spontaneity. You know, spontaneity. If we don't have spontaneity, it's hard to let our creativity light up. Yeah, you you can't wait for a specific moment or, mm. uh, or or certain conditions or whatever. Mm. Sometimes you just have to you do it now. You, I mean, it, it it's here and we have to deal with it now. If if you're an artist, you cannot. If you get the urge to do anything, you probably have to do it because mm. if you don't do it, then that moment's gonna get passed and whatever it was that you were gonna create, you will never create again. Because yeah. that was the moment where that needed to be created. And if you don't adhere to that, then it's gone forever, probably. So and we struggle, we, struggle to, we struggle to bring that spontaneity to things. If we're at the other end of the continuum, we're feeling anxious and fearful. Yeah, well, so we're taught not to have it. So we're taught to conform to you know, a predictable routine and all those kind of things. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, 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 just a little bit more about the bubbles that you were talking about. Because... It, and it's just a sentence in my head, but yes, the algorithms that we have on Facebook and and others, they enhance and strengthen the bubbles that we create for ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And if you pay attention to your Facebook stream, which is something somebody, I mean, most of us have, 
then you 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 do take notice if you take notice you can notice let me put it that way that you see more of a certain person um mm-hmm. than you see from others yeah uh, because you like that or you comment on that or whatever or you mm. don't like it but you, you interact and because mm. you interact with it then facebook goes like okay so you, you like that person or you like that content mm. so you're going to get more of it and yeah so at so, some point you 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 really get st- i mean it's like just watching fox news and nothing else mm. you know you get a certain vision of the world a certain image of the world which is skewed yeah, to yeah, to to say the least. And, that, I mean, and, and that's not just for Fox. That would be for Guardian readers. That would be for you know. That would be, would for, be for every 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 news outlet. Yeah, yeah. Any any little bubble that you find yourself. I think Fox is a great. Constru- you've constructed for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, quite quite un unconsciously, I think. You know, we don't consciously because we do want mirroring back. We want people to mirror back that what we think and feel is valid. But it becomes it becomes a little bit amplified when we've got these things that filter out. Um, anything that might seem a little contrary, and then what that happens, it seems to me, it makes us thin-skinned, and we become easily offended, and we and and then we come, it becomes easy to reject anything that doesn't conform yeah, to our. Your world gets smaller and smaller and smaller. I mean, you 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 retract back into a situation. I'm thinking about you know a long time ago where. The only input that you had was uh, on on Sunday morning from your priest or your pastor, and and then a little bit of gossip from the woman down the road and from your baker, and and that would be all the input that you had. That was your world, mm. and uh, but there was a lot more going on, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And anything that would come in from outside that didn't conform with that very little piece of world that you were familiar with was dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it was weird, and yeah. uh, whether it would be a Muslim or uh, a Moor, you know, or uh, uh, somebody who had you know, looked just like you but had different clothes, or you know, it would be strange, and it would be probably met with pitchforks and uh, yeah. a couple of uh, torches, right? And mm. well, we're doing. You know the digital equivalent of that now, uh-huh. right? So you create a certain world around yourself, which is comfortable for you with the truth that yeah. you accept, that you choose to believe, and uh, and it's very difficult to open up to anything else, yeah, because it takes effort and it yeah. it creates the risk of you being wrong about something, and mm. well, that can't happen, obviously. Uh huh. Yeah. I found I learned I learned something interesting. I was watching a documentary about the ancient Greeks, right? And and uh, he was talking about how you know in Greek, Greek was Greece was ancient Greece was just a multitude of small city states. Yeah, and they were they weren't even cities how we would call a city. They were tiny, like forty thousand, twenty thousand people, but they had their own monarch. They had their own rules. They had you know, um, and they operated very much like all of them operated very much as tight knit communities you know what's good for what's good for me is good for the for the for the the polis the city and what's good for the polis is good for me but i'm very much a member you know from the age of six in sparta boys were sent off to learn how to fight because citizens had to defend the city and you know your efforts your daily efforts were about maintaining the life of the polis yeah 
So if you were an isolate, if you were a loner, if you were a person who wanted to spend time on your own and you didn't want, you weren't a joiner, you were, the word that they used was idiotis, which oh, yeah. means loner. And now we use the word idiot. It's the same. The, 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 it's where our word idiot comes from. And when I read, when I learned that, I thought, well, that's that's that tickled me actually. You know, that, <laughs> that we we call we the idiots were the ones who didn't want to belong. The village idiot, be, who didn't want to take part in community yeah. life, didn't want to contribute. The odd one who out. Did, the odd one out. Um, and and when I think about you know applying social drama in, in, in the work that I do. I think actually that makes kind of sense. The the isolates, the loners, the ones who don't, who feel that they are above all of this, the ones who feel that the rest of society is, um, they 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 would be um, odd in in a sociodrama, in the world of sociodrama, and you know, like the point of it. They is would to bubble up to the surface, them. like being being the ones that would be considered, you know, the odd one out, and and maybe the ones yeah. who would cause any friction or something like that. And it, but it but it's an it's an odd thing to do a sociodrama and to get that sense of connection because we've slowly over time drip drip fed ourselves into a society of narcissism where it's the individual that's more important. Yeah. And I th personally think that's upside down. That's why I think you know sociodrama uh, is an incredibly potent tool. Because it Not, shows the opposite. The, the the issue and the concern or the topic that gets discussed is in a sense irrelevant. It's what happens to the people. Is that they realize that they are not alone, and that there's more in common with everybody else yeah. than that's different. Mm. Whereas if you watch Fox or you read only The Guardian or you're, you know, you, you, you do develop this rather um, bulletproof idea that we're the good ones and they are the the not so good ones. They're the yeah, less the us against ones. them mentality. I mean, that's yes, that, that's 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 one that's being created more and more. And uh, I think we already talked about that earlier also when we were talking about sociometry. Yeah. Yes. And um, it's, it's a very powerful political tool. Mm. Uh, Turkey is a great example of us against them at the moment. Mm. And it's used very, very effectively. Mm. And, but it's very dangerous because it, society doesn't work that way. It has never worked that way. Mm. It's always been, well, basically just us. There's no them. It's mm. us. Uh, we all have to live together. And you cannot have a situation where you create an us-against-them situation. Mm. Uh, whether it's in the office uh, or at home or... Uh, even within a family, I mean, it's always very detrimental when you create something like that because when you have a family gathering or something, you have that, you know, there's just going to be that friction be mm. because it has been created that there's feud or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But if you do it on a national level, you're going to get, you know, very dangerous situations. Mm. <laughs> a yeah. situation you yeah. really don't want to have because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... You're discounting all the people in the middle. And when you have us against them, you have one end of the spectrum, one, the other end of the spectrum. And there's like this whole rainbow in the middle mm. that we discard. And um, you really shouldn't because you're going to make them choose a side. And mm. 
Yeah. Oh, civil war. Well, you see, this is why I think the op- there are opportunities. There are horrible things happening in the world, and 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 confusing things happening in the world, and scary things happening in the world. And it seems that you know we we can easily as as a as a species get sucked into just being scared. And that's dangerous if we just remain being scared. I mean, if you look back through history, look at times when large groups of people got scared, we ended up having wars. Um, it, it's an easy and comfortable because we know it. It's, it feels safe if we can, you know, wrap yourself in your bubble and, and comfort yourself uh, that close we're, the door, okay. Lock we're, the door, we're okay and they're not lower okay. the, the blinds and, yeah. and, and, and shut everything out and then but there are consequences to that yeah. until they kick down your door and yes so it's, it seems that there are opportunities for us to start doing things you know you and I have talked before about how things are broken and things need to change and this isn't working for people anymore and here's an op- here are opportunities now where there are bits of the way the world operates that is that are fracturing and falling apart or the cracks are becoming more evident, for more radical localism. There's opportunity for people to get active in their lives. And this is why I said at the beginning that this is sociodrama, in a sense, in many senses, is political. Because it's a, it's a time for people to stop being an audience of their own lives, but to be participants in their own lives. And that, and that maybe if we look at, you know, I'm thinking about the workplace. Think about workplaces with flat structures, where decision making has been devolved to the people that need that are affected by the decisions. Think about customer service representatives who are given enough responsibility to make decisions that help the customer rather than having to go up chains of command. You know, that's when that's when uh, people feel engaged and that they feel that they're participating because they actually are making a difference. They can make decisions because these decisions affect them. In a societal perspective. If we can start making more decisions about things that actually affect us, then we can have, I think, we have a better chance of having um, more community life than just um, civic life, mm-hmm. which is, you know, laws and we, we do what we're told and they make the laws and they make the decisions about this, that and the other. I, I reckon there's an opportunity for radical localism to start, you know, coming coming alive now. And you see it. There are, you know... You know, we were talking earlier about positive news. There are opportunities going on, there are things going on around the world, good movements of things happening for people because they are making it happen for themselves. You know, the huge rise in the cooperative movement around the world. People are making decisions about what happens in their lives. So, yeah, I, I think, it's, I think it, it bears thinking about that we stop exposing ourselves to negative Facebook feeds that have just got screens of problems we start looking for solutions, yeah. but we do that together with other people, even yeah, people exactly. we don't agree. Because I, you know, I don't know what the political views of my two next door neighbors are, but I rub along really nicely with all of them. They're yeah. lovely people, yeah. you know. And actually, it doesn't matter. You don't know if they know voted yes or no. Absolutely, it yeah. doesn't matter. But if we can, you know, say there's some decisions that we all can make that affect us, maybe if we talk about them. That we can do something for ourselves and not just wait for people in Westminster or Brussels or wherever. Well, in the end, I mean, whether or not they voted yes or no doesn't really matter. You're now all in the same boat anyway, Mm -hmm. or on the same island, as you put it, Mm -hmm. anyway. So whatever happened, happened, but you have to deal with the situation and you can, it's much more uh, productive and it's much more, um, much more powerful. Mm. 
if you do it together rather than yeah. as a loner. One of, the, one, of the, one of the comments I saw a n- number of times in different social media contexts that amused me was people who were angry about the vote to leave the EU saying, um, I hope those morons who voted us to leave get everything they deserve. And I was scratching my head going, well, actually, you're going to get the same thing because we're all on the same exactly. island. You know, you think this is going to be reserved that any negative consequences uh, are reserved? Do you think we're going to keep a list of people who did that and then just get... And, and, yeah, but the main thing is that the consequences, they will only affect those people and not me. Like, why would I say that? Yeah, exactly. I hope these morons get what they deserve. Well, if they get it, I'm going to get it because I live in the same yeah, island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. They might regret it a little bit more, but... You know, that's about it. What difference does that make? You know, not at none. all. That's that's the, all. that's the point. I mean, yeah, maybe they, they 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 stay awake, you know, pondering things for five minutes longer than you in bed. But that's about it. Yeah. At the end of the day, you, or in the morning, you still have to yeah. kind of deal with all that. That's right. Yeah, and you might as well deal with it together. So, so somebody was talking about um, opinion polling and referendums and democracy and the state of democracy and things. Hmm. And, um, and, and one guy was, you know, calling for a radical rehaul of how, how decisions get made. It's radical rehaul of, of, of decision-making and politics and said, you know, it's, this is a time for us to be looking at different options. Um, and he said, you know, opinion polls for one thing are, are a horrible way to sort of gauge public opinion so that they can go off and make decisions for us. Because, Opinion polls assume people have time have had time to think a question through, mm-hmm. whereas they don't. They phone you and get they ask all the backgrounds. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 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 worth asking what people think when they've had time to think. Yeah, but you don't just throw a question and say, "What do you think about the the death penalty?" Oh, give people time to think it through. Yeah, really. And get then the let's ask. The the question. Yeah, exactly. It's the same with the EU referendum. If people had been given good information and you know, and it was all transparent and blah, blah, blah. And they'd had time to discuss, um, then ask them what time, you know, what they think. Then it uh, most likely would have been a different outcome. Who knows? But it would have, it would, it would be, we would know it would be a well thought through outcome and that it would be, it would be a, a, a kind of a positive one. Like I'm voting for this, not against this, where a lot of the the stuff I've read is that a lot of people were voting against something. Yeah. But what were they voting for? Like, give people time to think and come up with a, a shared picture of what we would like to create. Yeah, for exactly. Ourselves. Because now you're running the same risk in the United States, where people are going to vote. Uh, uh, especially Bernie followers were they're already talking like we're going to vote for third party or we're not going to vote at all as 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 an anti vote. Yeah. And. Guess who's going to benefit from that? Exactly. Not the person you want to benefit from it. Exactly. So yeah. it's 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 more. It makes a lot more sense to actually try and unite under a different banner and try and move forward in a different way mm. uh, than just go against for you know no yes. reason. For the sake of going against. For the sake yeah. of going against. Exactly. Yeah. Again, it's easy to criticize when we're alone in our little bubbles. When we're talking like this on Skype, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, there's a, there's a, one of the things that kind of is uh, underpins social drama that I, I, I that, that makes that makes it very enjoyable for me is that in every moment there's a possibility to create a better future for ourselves. But we struggle to do we will struggle to do that we humans unless we start to do that with uh, with one another, whether we agree or disagree with them. 
mm-hmm. but you know, there's better future that we want. There are opportunities to do it, but it's not going to happen if we keep at each other's throats. Well, history has shown that if people unite under a single banner, uh, huge, I'm not saying great things, but huge things can happen. Uh, oh. Whether that be things that are really not good or things that are really good, oh. but definitely mankind, people, oh. are are capable of, well, look around you. I mean, they're capable yeah. of pretty much anything they set their minds to. We can put people on the moon. We can wage horrible wars, but we can also build the Panama Canal. We can build pyramids. Uh, all those things are done by people. I mean, that's with a single purpose. Uh-huh. And uh, they say that the, the pyramids were built by people who volunteered or that was their work, that was their mm. job, they weren't slaves. Yeah. yeah. And uh, whether or not that's true, I don't know. I wasn't there a long time ago. But um, that's what they say. And if that's true, mm. I mean, yeah, you know, there's no limit to what it is that we can do. And mm. uh, we can do it on a huge scale. And mm. we can do it on a small scale. But the trick is to set our minds to it, make the decision to take that action mm. and then find people you want to take that action with and then do it. It's interesting. Everything that you listed there, you used the word we, you know, we went to the, and I do, I do, do it too. I, I, I wrote a, an article about this a while ago that we, you know, we say we went to the moon. We did, you and I didn't go to the moon, but we, 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 we feel ourselves part of humanity. Exactly. So we say we we went to the moon. We built the pyramids. There's a whole lot of stuff that we did actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you say, it came it came because people came together to carry out some sort of you know joint um, undertaking. Mm-hmm. And the we that we piece is really important. And mm-hmm. we're breaking. We're losing a we. You know, I think also we've got this. We do have this culture. I think of um, narcissism and individualism, which in some respects is probably good, and in many respects. That maybe the damaging ones that we don't see so so readily, but you know we we lose we lose a sense of we. It's at our peril. I think know. so too. I mean, so our history even, is filled with that. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's why we're here. It's it's how we got here to this point. Yeah. It's because of we. It's not because of I. It's yeah. not because of me. It's always been, and it's such a cliche. There's no I in team, but you know, it is true. <laughs> You know, yeah. there's, there's, it's never been about an individual. Even the great names of history, they couldn't have done it without the backing of all those people that were following him. I mm. mean, I don't want to talk about him, but he always pops into my mind. But, I mean, you can blame Hitler for everything if you want to. But he was just one part of it. He mm. couldn't have done what he did without Göring and Goebbels and all those under the henchmen. He couldn't mm. have done it without them. Mm. You know, mm. he would mm. not have mm. succeeded without those people. And mm. yeah, it's a horrible thing that happened. But you know, if you talk about things that we are capable of, holy, whatever, you know, <laughs> expertise. Well, you see the da- the da- the danger in all of that in that period in history. Um, uh, some of it, I. It may be misguided, but I'm seeing parallels in our in in, in the current times. Mm-hmm. But that 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 we was not an inclusive we. You know, they redefined. They even redefined we. 
there was the desirable and the undesirable. And sure. for me, we we is all of us. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so you know, th that's what fascism is about. Is that there is fascism is absolutely about we. You yeah. know, if we get together, we'll restore our country. But it's we'll we make, against them. We'll it's, make our country great again, but it's we against them. And for me, the we, there is, is no... We, is all of us. There's no boundary. Yeah. You know, so it's not just about what you said no. of we can do all these things if we work out the people we want to do it with. We can do all these things, mm -hmm. full stop mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Because we have to do it together. We mm -hmm. have to do it with people we disagree with. We have to do it with people whose um, politics are so different from us. We have to, because otherwise we will, we will be, be at war again. Bringing it all back down again, mm. uh, because we tend to go to the moon and back, but uh, bringing it all back down again uh, to the office, which is yeah. an environment where we all spend most of our times anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, we also applies to that environment. Uh, you Absolutely. don't choose your colleagues unless you Absolutely. own the company, yeah, and you usually don't. So that's why you have to deal with the we yes. uh, in a very, very, very real way. Yes. And um, yeah, so that's where, you know, if you have an issue, if you have uh, an environment where it's just difficult to get by and, and there are more people aware of it, um, then social drama is... is is a way to identify that, to give you a certain perspective on mm -hmm. things which is mm. different from your daily routine. And obviously, mm. it's very difficult. Uh, most of the time, it's very difficult for people to to step aside and get that, that bird's eye view of the situation because you're mm. living in it. And with exactly. social drama, you get, you, get, you get that perspective. You get that yeah. helicopter view or whatever you want to call it. And you... Uh, Next to that, you get a chance to not just see it, experience it, and uh, but you get to deal with it, you know, mm -hmm. constructive mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you think of the office politics that goes on. There's the admin team and the sales team, and they're they're kind of cordial to each other. But the sales team blame the admin team for not being efficient enough, and that's why they lose business. And the admin team, uh, you know, they don't like the sales team because they're too they're too hard and they're too aggressive and they're not polite enough. And so there's that kind of backbiting that goes on and the tension that exists that never gets looked at um, because we tend not to make a space for that to get looked at in our workplaces. Um, it just it, it, it grinds the business down. You know, it's mm -hmm. one of those little things that fester. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those so, you know, silos, competition between silos. You know, I was I probably mentioned before, I, I sort of look at it as your organs – Competing like your lungs competing with your stomach, you know there there's there, there it's a it's a way for businesses and groups and subgroups within businesses to realize we are the we, mm -hmm. not that team and this team versus this team and that team. No. So it's a good way to deal with those things. And again, we like you say we don't get to choose who we work with. So why don't we invest a little bit of energy into making sure that that happens smoothly? Because humans are inherently flawed. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> and everybody benefits from from finding that path, right? I mean, you as an individual, you, we as a team benefit from it. But in the long run, we as a company benefit from it. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. you know, then everybody benefits from it, especially yeah, if it's yeah. a nice company. Yeah. Okay.
I think we've kind of nailed sociodrama here. A little bit we have. A yeah. little bit. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. Are we going to need to be doing a part two on this? Oh, it'll come up in future conversations, I'm sure. It, I'm sure. It's, it it's, already it's, has. But. It's, it's really central to how I see the world. Even if I don't do a sociodrama with folks, it's how I, I look at systems. Mm. I see systems and which systems are functioning well and which thing, things there's, where's their attention. And so I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to know more about social drama, and I bet that you do, listeners, uh, you can always contact John. Uh, you can go to uh, rwcast.com. Our credentials are there. Uh, oh. We are easy to find as far as that's concerned. Uh, we, we, John oh. and I, thank you, uh, listeners in general, for listening. Uh, we hope you find it uh, useful and uh, might give you a different perspective on things, uh, especially on problems within the workplace. Mm. Um, we hope you enjoyed this podcast and, well, until the next time. Right? Until next time. Until next time. Right. Goodbye.